1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's Craig Collins Show. Let's go ahead and play some of this audio. I thought this was an interesting moment earlier today. Hunter Biden plea deal on again, off again. It was like a relationship in some sort of um, TV show, uh, like the Friends, uh, Rachel and Ross uh, kind of thing. And now it's off. And he pled innocent to things he was going to say he was guilty of if his sweet, sweet plea deal had been accepted, uh, which it was not. But I want to play this audio because I think it's interesting. Uh, this is ABC News. And I think this is during the back and forth before they knew for sure how it was going to go and how they were actually saying that the judge was basically protecting Hunter Biden from a deal that he didn't seem to understand, uh, a deal that maybe a lot of people uh, misunderstood. Maybe that's why it's so easy to call it a sweetheart deal. Uh, maybe the government was trying to be a little bit sneakier uh, about how they would uh, not necessarily say that they're not going to go after him for anything else. Um, I don't know. But here's how ABC covered it in the back and forth. There was a huddle between the parties, and they are trying to forge some kind of deal that the judge will like uh, and that both parties can agree to. It may not be the same deal exactly that they came into court with, but they're trying to salvage uh, what the judge feels, it seems, was a deal that was just a little bit too subtle. Uh, for her and one that mixed apples and oranges in a way that she believes was not fair to Hunter Biden. Yeah, I don't know about that, by the way. Uh, Mixed apples and oranges in a way that seemed unfair. The drug charge, the uh, gun charge, excuse me, specifically to maybe regular law and order, uh, which is the biggest reason you throw out a plea deal. Um, But also she did ask at certain times if there was going to be a Farah charge, uh, which is failing to register as a foreign agent. Uh, which Hunter definitely did when he was making deals with foreign countries and using his dad's name, even though his dad claims to have no idea about any of this, of course. Uh, But as all that's going on, uh, they're saying, no, we're not. That's not a part of it. Just tax related. Just 2014 to 2019. Just this one specific gun charge. I was actually thrown out there as I think the makeup plea agreement that was sort of okay and then not okay for the judge is very, very weird. And I think one of the biggest problems, too, I was saying that I'm going to plead guilty to some of this stuff, but there's an ongoing investigation and I might not plead guilty to that other stuff, which is very similar, uh, as I said, to what actually occurs, which is when you show up in the court, you think you got the deal all done. The judge says no. And then all of a sudden you plead innocent. Uh, That's probably going to be a tough thing to prove to any sort of any sort of um, jury of humans if they're not utterly, utterly biased. So they go back to the drawing board. They can come up with another plea agreement at some point. Uh, We'll see. Uh, But this is good news for anyone that thought that the Hunter Biden plea deal was unfair, uh, which was not a lot of media, by the way. A lot of media said that this was not a sweetheart deal. It might have been too mean to Hunter Biden, actually, is I think one of the takes out there. And then the judge says, I got to throw this out. This is crap. So it seems like some of those takes, the expert takes, are not exactly reliable. All right. I want to play this. Uh, This is worrisome. Uh, No matter how you feel about politics, Uh, Far right, far left, somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, Mitch McConnell, any human being, uh, you should care about their their health as a person. Uh, I don't, you know, um, uh, not that I would attack Mitch McConnell specifically here, uh, but I don't like to lump that kind of stuff together. It's preachy. I apologize just who I am. Uh, But so I don't find this funny. Uh, But Mitch McConnell does freeze in the middle of speaking today and then gets ushered away and I won't play all the audio because it's, it's just sort of silence and commotion. And then eventually comes back and says he's fine when asked a question about it. But this is easily worrisome for people that care about the human being, uh, Mitch McConnell. This week has been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, 
So he is now done talking, and I, I can talk through this if I just want the commotion to be heard in the background. Um, he will not start talking yet. He's closed his mouth. He's sort of staring forward. Uh, people wait several more seconds as far as team members around him before eventually talking to him and saying, hey, uh, let's get you off of the podium. Let's get you back. And you hear that, hey, Mitch, and it seemed, anything else you want to say? Here, hold on. Let me get that part again. Hey, Mitch. Anything else you want to say? I'm sure let's go back to you. Do you want to say anything else to the press? He doesn't even speak. He just nods his head no, and then they walk away. And then again, he comes back a little bit later, and he says this. Could you address what happened here at the start of the press conference? And was it related to your injury from earlier this year where you suffered a concussion? Is that no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. You're fully able to do your job? Yep, I'm fine. I'm fine, fully able to do my job. Weird, weird moment in the world of politics or just, you know, human beings. And that was 20 seconds or so of just standing there, uh, eventually walking back and, as I said, disappearing and then coming back. So um, uh, I think people rightly concerned about uh, the health of Mitch McConnell today. Uh, and that's, I guess, something that certainly will be talked about uh, more. I I'm going to play a little bit more audio from the Hunter Biden thing uh, just because I don't know if I capped it there. Uh, this was Fox's coverage after it completely fell through. What he can confirm, Griff. Yeah, Harris, I can confirm that this plea deal may be falling apart before our eyes. You know, I've been here reporting outside. Our producer, Jake Gibson, is inside. There's no electronics. There's no cameras. And finally, I said, look, it's been over an hour and a half. Let's see what's going on. I just left the, the courtroom seconds ago. They're in recess at the moment. Here's what's transpired. Judge, uh, the Judge Noriega basically began by uh, asking questions about the plea deal itself about whether or not the pleading guilty to two tax demeanors could be tied to the diversion part, which is avoiding charges, which is a felony on the gun charge. Yeah, even just the accusation or even just the, the assumption that you can uh, lump some tax stuff with some felony things in the world of uh, gun possession is weird. And I guess that's one of the biggest reasons why this inevitably is something that totally fell apart. Uh, coming up in just a bit, we'll play uh, more audio from another crazy thing happening in the world of politics. Uh, that was a UFO um, uh, whistleblower uh, that sat down, somebody that I played audio of when he was on uh, TV, on News Nation. Um, but he was talking to uh, Representative Mace uh, out of South Carolina uh, about how they found aliens. Uh, I think they, he called them uh, certain uh, different biological discoveries that were not human beings. Oh, it was just crazy. Uh, but instead of that, I'm going to play one other thing. I'm just going to take a palate cleanser uh, before we take a break here. I don't know why I like this audio so much. And there's a bunch of audio out there that I like today, so we'll play some of it throughout. Uh, this is a woman who's told, I think she's in a nursing home, that she's 100 years old. And she has sort of an adorable reaction to it, according to the Internet. And then eventually, toward the tail end of this back-and-forth chat, uh, is very excited that she's going to make people jealous with the party they're planning for her. I think her birthday is next month. But here's a little bit of a viral video of a young woman working in a nursing home telling uh, another person who lives there that you're about to turn 100 years old. You're going to be 100 years old. One what? 100 years old. <laughs> what year is this? What? This is 2023. Uh-huh. 20 what? 23. 23. 
It's a 23, and I was born in 23, mm -hmm. 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? Son of a gun. <laughs> What's your secret? I, I kind of wish she had said a bad word there, and I contemplated bleeping it, but she goes, son of a gun. 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? Son, son of, of a bleep is what I wanted to do there. Hold on, keep going. What's your secret? I don't know, but I feel healthy. Good. You know, like there's nothing that's aching and... Hanging and <laughs> we're gonna have a big party. Nothing for you. hanging. That's good. It's going to be wonderful. Where do you hold a party like that? I was thinking in the garden. Garden sounds pretty nice. Outside in the garden. Uh oh, you're gonna have to convince her. She doesn't see Here? it. Yeah. Okay, she's good. There's a beautiful garden downstairs. What do you think? Sounds good. All the people looking out the window. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love the last part, too. All the people looking out the windows, uh, seeing what's going on, seeing all the people partying for me, uh, turning 100. I just love her moment when she's like, son of a, and then she goes gun. Uh, but again, I would have been happier. Uh, her secret, by the way, is just uh, to feel healthy and, and be healthy and have nothing dangling. <laughs> Quick break, a lot more. Uh, we're going to play some other silly audio as well throughout the show today. Uh, but the UFO whistleblower fascinated me. I will see if it fascinates you coming up next. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, look, when we have conversations about aliens, when I say things or play audio and stuff, uh, there are people, it's probably uh, very similar to politics, if not even more extreme. Uh, there are people that are going to be 100% sure it's definitely aliens. And then there's people that are 100% sure aliens are ridiculous. Uh, I don't know where I fall today. I know for a long time I fell on the side of, come on now. Uh, aliens, are we being serious? But over the last couple of years, more and more information has come out. They've talked about UFO sightings or flying anomaly stuff uh, that pilots see. And then you got this guy, uh, this guy who's testified uh, now in front of uh, members of Congress uh, and also actually did the News Nation story that I was sort of overly into a couple of weeks ago, uh, who is a UFO whistleblower uh, who worked in the government in a lot of the places uh, where they'd be looking into these things and says he has on-the-record um, conversations with people that still work in some of those uh, government places. And uh, here is part of his back-and-forth uh, with Nancy Mace um, of South Carolina. And I, I do think this is fascinating. You can't get me to stop now at this point. I, I don't know. Uh, but the way in which he even responds to the biologics part of the conversation, uh, and he claims 100% can be verified by talking to other people, uh, well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, people do lie. They say stuff that's not true, even in this situation. But man, oh, man, is he at least convincing in some of how he talks about this. Here we go. <laughs> if you believe we have crashed craft uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. By the way, sweet a drop of News Nation uh, for that um, station that's not getting a whole lot of viewers they're probably thrilled if anybody sees this and he went ahead and gave them a little bit of publicity uh by saying as you saw if you watched which very few people did i know craig collins did but very few people saw it i said yeah yeah we found some stuff um uh, i guess human or non-human biologics non-human and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program i talked not to me that are currently still on the program not my were other people and saying it Documentary evidence is video, photos, eyewitness. Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you and skiff about. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. 
So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question. You know, I got to be honest. If I was a politician um, who was asked to ans- ask questions to a guy that's whistleblowing in the world of aliens and like you can only know so much stuff, this is a tricky road uh, to go down because I'd want to know a lot of things. And a lot of things he'll say, I got to talk to you in a skiff. And if that answer came to me, I would be like, can we go to a skiff right now? Can I get into a secure room and can I ask him more of the stuff? I don't even care about the public knowing. I would just want to be someone on the inside of this information. Here's a little more of this. And then maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that Let's we Let's get into a skiff. Who in the government either, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors. Give me names. should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera. What people should we all get together in sort of an office party kind of situation, maybe a birthday for somebody, put them all in a skiff with you and them and talk amongst ourselves about the likelihood of aliens? Can any aliens come to that situation? Can we invite them along too? Very excited. Do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And and how soon can we get that list? Right now. I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Let's get that as soon as we can, Uh, both cooperative and hostile uh, human beings that are going to talk about uh, all different kinds of things. I just want, like, Marvel movies to be real. If aliens are real, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Uh, Nick Fury will at some point be fighting the aliens. I imagine. I don't even know how to take this, but he's being serious and – He, as I said, is convincing, at least to me. Um, So are there aliens uh, more likely to say yes now than no before? Some other things out there just quickly uh, before we take a break and then get back to more uh, serious things. I I love this uh, viral thing I saw. Uh, I can't remember. uh, Maybe it was on Twitter or X, uh, I guess is what it's called now, of a way that people are sneaking food into into places, uh, whether it's the movie theater, which is the OG version of doing it, or even like amusement parks, pretty much anything. If you want to sneak food into a place, I guess the tried and true way to do it officially is to disguise it as a birthday gift for someone who's celebrating a birthday party at the place you're sneaking food into. And what I found most humorous about it is it might cost more money to wrap your thing as fancy as some of these people are wrapping. You get like the bag, you get the paper, uh, you get the actual wrapping paper to go over whatever the box is that you're hiding the food in. I don't know if the food's going to be hot or if it's just going to be, I think it was like chips and stuff that people were sneaking in. But the amount of layers you go through, or at least they were going through on social media, uh, to protect your food item and get it into the place it's not supposed to go is pretty hilarious. Uh, no one would probably take away, uh, a as long as there's no metal detector like going off of, for any reason there, they probably won't take away a birthday gift or unwrap it so you can sneak food into places uh, with the birthday gift. Maybe that's how they got the cocaine into the White House. Maybe someone brought it in as a birthday gift, and everyone was like, ah, it's fine. There's no way that, that could be anything serious. We'll go ahead and let that go. Uh, another thing out there that I thought was kind of interesting, kind of funny, uh, a uh, restaurant worker, and I, I don't need to name the restaurant specifically, uh, 18 years old, I guess, uh, the woman, um, she says that herself at some other point, some other social media video she has, uh, was playing Survivor music as she was clocking out from her her fast food restaurant job, and people are ripping her apart on social media for this uh, because she said she survived a shift at said uh, fast food restaurant. She didn't say there's anything specific that happened, like that made it a harder shift, uh, just that it's not a a fun job, that she uh, thinks her job is crummy. And so she's proud of herself when she punches out at the end of the night. You know what's funny about that, or at least to me, uh, the, the silliest thing, 
is I, I remember uh, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I got a few jobs uh, that were jobs that I didn't see as a career path for me. Let's say it that way, because I'm not judging you. Whatever your job is, um, you got to put food on the table. Um, but at those jobs that don't feel like career paths, it is weird if you let the mentality creep in, like you shouldn't be doing the job or the job is is bad in some way, shape or form, uh, because it definitely makes your experience way worse. And even my wife, um, who I know talks about this a lot, and maybe I'll ask her, she'll be on the show a little bit later, says that some of her favorite jobs she's ever had uh, were jobs where she worked, say, uh, that type of a, a thing. Um, one of her favorites, actually, I can say the name of the company because she loved it, uh, was when she was at Whole Foods. And she was a, a cook in like the prepared team a kitchen because everybody that worked with her was fun. She said like the whole atmosphere, the group of people, when everyone has the same job and the job is not exactly, you know, a job you're you're hoping to have for the rest of your life. Uh, there's some sort of camaraderie that exists there. So maybe that is a thing she needs to work on, too. But when you're playing different Survivor songs as you're punching out of your work and then actually putting that up in social media to go viral, you're probably also not making the employer feel very good about you and about how much of an effort you're putting in on a day-to-day -day basis at this gig. Uh, but I did think it was interesting. And again, that most people who reacted to it uh, told her that she's got she's to figure out how to understand that this gig is a gig that's giving her money and she should be a little more grateful for uh, than she has. Usually uh, the Internet uh, does not uh, side with the, the way and thinking that I think I'm talking about right now. It usually goes the other way and people praise her. Uh, but more people were being judgmental, which, again, I think that she's just being a young person, a young professional that doesn't get uh, a lot of why that's a bad look. Uh, after the break, I want to play audio of a guy that lit himself on fire. Uh, he is a stuntman. He did it as part of the actors that are on strike right now with SAG-AFTRA. Uh, the thing that I thought was the most interesting about that, and I'll play it for you in about five minutes or so, people didn't cheer anywhere near as hard as they should have cheered after a dude is lighting himself on fire on a stage. I thought the cheering was very muted, and I think that only happens in Hollywood, where all the people, you know, uh, striking are actors and people that have seen this before. Because if I was there, my reaction either would have been complete terror or, like, utterly ridiculous. This guy is is drawing attention in an amazing way, and you didn't get any of that. So I want to play that for us, too, in a bit. Uh, AM, it's 1470. FM, it's 100.3. On your smart speaker, you can tell it to play WMBD radio, and you will hear all of the news, all of the takes that I have throughout this uh, whole afternoon show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. The housing market is bad. I don't know if you're aware of this. I feel like you are. Uh, people are not selling their homes is one of the reasons why. Also, interest rates are ridiculous. Uh, let's start with a question that the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, got about how uh, interest rates are now the highest they've been in 22 years. That's bad. That seems bad for a variety of reasons. Her answer, uh, things are great. Federal Reserve has just announced an interest rate hike by a quarter point, which brings it to the highest level in 22 years. Does the White House have comment on that? As you know, we see the Federal Reserve as being independent. We give them the space uh, to make sure that they are able to make monetary decision. It is up to them uh, to make that decision. I'm just they can do whatever they want? About, uh, about, their, about the decision. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know anything else. I know that they can do whatever they want. I know that things are not great. Uh, we have some Fox News audio of, and I think this is one of the experts they talked to about how housing prices are uniquely high and people aren't selling because interest rates are so much different than they were a couple years ago. I think so many home buyers just can't afford to move up 
for one thing, they have to give away that 3% mortgage that they had from 2021. And for another, they have to move into a house that is still so expensive. So I think the housing market isn't going to have a significant recovery until there is an easing in interest rates. That will loosen up inventory, but also bring more buyers into the market. So we need to have interest rates go back down for people to start uh, buying homes again, which means that we're getting all the things that they told us we were going to get to cool the economy. Uh, we're just getting them in kind of uniquely terrible ways. Uh, people are building uh, more homes than they used to. So I guess that's the good news wrapped within the bad uh, news sandwich. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting that Corinne Jean-Pierre has asked that question and her answer is like, I don't really think about or know about this stuff. All right. Now I want to move on. Um, I think that something that's very interesting, right? And I talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, you got this Jason Aldean song, uh, Try That in a Small Town, uh, that's making some people very, very mad. And then other people mad about the anger or at least defending the song and kind of saying the anger is ridiculous, including Joe Rogan. And I'm going to play some Joe Rogan audio in a second. Uh, but then also there's this other thing now happening about the Barbie movie. I think Ben Shapiro was one of the guys who reviewed the Barbie movie and then got death threats, he said, on his social media page last night uh, because he reviewed the movie as essentially a man-hating thing. It made a lot of money at the box office. So that seems to be the opposite um, as far as the people who are mad and the people who don't care as much about it. And I just think it's interesting uh, that in the last five days, we've had two essentially trigger conversations come out uh, where people are retreating to their political corners and getting upset with each other. And the honest reaction I have is uh, I don't care about any of it. I, I, I don't care uh, that there's a song out there by Jason Aldean uh, that says what it does. And I, I sort of agree with Joe Rogan. I know this is sort of a a typical thing you're hearing now, but I'll let Joe Rogan say it, as to why it's odd that there's anger and outrage and reaction uh, to a country song that is uh, nowhere near as as strong in its language as some people would tell you it is compared to some other things that exist out there in the world. I know this is supposed to be some sort of whataboutism that you're supposed to discredit and it doesn't matter. It doesn't change uh, people who are angry about the country song. Uh, but you, you can't deny that this is relevant to the conversation if you're saying that this song is dangerous somehow to be out there in the world. And there's a whole lot of other songs that say a whole lot of aggressive things that are somehow not dangerous and not all that bad. Here's Joe Rogan. The level of outrage. Like, now, I'm not saying that that's the greatest song the world's ever known. You know, but the level of outrage coming from people that are upset about that song is so strange when there are hundreds <laughs> of rap songs out there. Yeah, there's a lot that are infinitely worse and also enjoyable. Misogynistic, and, uh, yeah, uh -huh. prolifying violence. Mm -hmm. the whole oh, yeah. Thing, yeah. And no, no complaints at all. Yeah. No complaints at all as far as the amount of problems uh, that the world of 2023 should have with rap music. And I'm not saying ban rap music. I, again, am aligned, in my opinion, to not care. I don't care and I'm not upset at all uh, with the Jason Aldean song. And I do think there's an overreaction uh, to it. And then I don't care about the fact that other songs are out there and say what they do because, you know, there's that whole uh, right to uh, say what you want to say, the freedom of speech uh, thing that some forget. And then there's this as far as the Barbie movie goes. And I don't know why this is the way I wanted to crystallize this conversation. Uh, but I saw that a young woman, uh, she must be in her early 20s, uh, went viral on TikTok because she had a Barbie movie is bad because it's man-hating. And then a whole lot of people got it's 1.3 million views. She's never had anything on her account uh, that I saw get anywhere near this kind of traction. But she's saying something that some are saying who 
um, maybe aren't 20 something young women. And because she's the one saying it, she's getting mercilessly attacked on social media. People are telling her to go back and watch the movie again, darn it, uh, and all this kind of other stuff. And I thought it was really interesting. But here's her take on why the Barbie movie is not a movie she really liked. The new Barbie movie's sole purpose is to brainwash women into hating men by using lies and exaggerated caricatures of who men and women are. And it's deeply harming your and everyone's relationships, intimate relationships in their lives. That's why this matters. So let me explain. In the Barbie movie, every man is either stupid, useless, <laughs> creepy, or evil. Yeah, I've heard that that is accurate, that all of the Ken men are not exactly uh, people we'd be proud of if we were those guys. Literally, that is their main personality trait. Dummies. Whereas all the women are kind, beautiful, Amazing. powerful, yep. smart, and everything's great until... They're corrupted by the <laughs> evil men uh -oh. led by Ken. Mm -hmm. But don't worry, because they're all brought back to their power by Barbie. The plot of the story, <laughs> if I could sum it up into one sentence, yes, is men make the world worse and women make the world better. Now, look, I'm not going to rant about the Barbie movie. I don't care that it exists. I, I don't care that it has a political ideology, if that's what's in it. I haven't seen it. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that a person shares their opinion on social media and torn apart uh, by the people who are viewing this and seeing this and telling her that she's utterly ridiculous in her opinion or her reaction or she sounds like conservative media is one of the ones I saw as far as an attack goes. And I'm like, when did all this become the way we discuss these things? Uh, when did we force people into a conservative or, or liberal side of the aisle as part of the discussion about our feelings on stuff? If I don't like the Barbie movie or if I do like the Barbie movie, it could have nothing to do with my political opinion. And the same is true with the Jason Aldean song. I don't have to be on the side of the aisle to feel a certain way about it. But I just thought it was fascinating. You got Rogan out there uh, who will not get uh, a lot of pushback. Or if he does, he won't care, uh, saying what he says about the Aldean song and how people should uh, stop caring so much. And then you have the opposite happening in the world of the Barbie movie and people reacting as strongly as they do. I saw people were worried uh, that women were taking their children to see this thing. But we do have to trust people are smart enough to figure things. You do. If, if you want uh, free speech, if you want all the things that are core, uh, I think, tenets of how we talk about some topics uh, in the world, at least how I talk about topics in the world, then you have to trust people are smart enough to figure things out on their own. Otherwise, you land in that world where censorship and things are the only way to prevent dummies from being dumb, uh, to say it the easiest way I can. And so that's why I don't care about either one. But I did think it was it was profoundly interesting that a young 20 something, um, you know, attractive woman is getting just ripped apart. And her video is going crazy viral because she shared her own opinion about how the movie seemed to kind of hate men a whole lot there and made a ton of money at the box office. And a whole lot of people went to see it. And I'm not judging you. You live your life. Do whatever you want. I just think it's fascinating that we have both of these conversations. Uh, maybe the Aldine one is now ending as far as its time in the news cycle. And the Barbie one is, is maybe only a blip on the radar uh, for people who barely care. Uh, but they seem to be perfect mirror images of each other. All right, quick break, a lot more. Uh, 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I was talking about the Barbie movie. In just a minute, I'm going to play a prank that went viral on social media that I think is hilarious. Even if the woman who pulled the prank and the guy 
maybe didn't sell it as well as she should, should to make the audio a little bit better. Uh, she immediately started laughing. But the fact that the guy doesn't pick up that it's a prank uh, makes me feel uh, worried and bad uh, for that dude. But before I do that, just quickly, I do think this is interesting. Uh, Ozempic is this um, drug that people have been talking about uh, or even uh, ones like it. Uh, weight loss drugs, uh, people with type 2 diabetes, I think, are typically prescribed it. But Hollywood people are taking it. All kinds of people are taking it. And apparently a brand new study said that it paralyzes your stomach and that you probably shouldn't take this drug, especially not recreationally or, or off-label uses, because uh, a paralyzed stomach is, in fact, a bad thing. It, it's just a heck of a, a phrase uh, to say that the the potential side effect of taking something that helps you control weight. By the way, I've talked about other studies uh, about drugs like this that are becoming very popular. And the minute you stop taking them, you typically, usually, I guess, in some of those uh, things they've looked into, uh, gain weight back. So it's something you're sort of signing up to take forever, and it's supposed to control your appetite. And apparently, it just makes your stomach be like, I'm taking a break now, and I'm not doing anything. And that seems bad. Uh, so probably, I don't know, uh, that warning seems significant enough to me uh, to think the best way to, to change something about yourself is to you know, do the stuff, the normal version of stuff uh, that people did, tried and true method, hard method of going to the gym a lot, uh, which I am not um, uh, judging. I'm not going as much as I should at all, really. Uh, so I'm just saying I think that that's probably the better road to go uh, compared to paralyzed stomach. All right, I want to play this audio. And again, I find it funny. And maybe the, the visual is one of the reasons it might not sell as well on the radio. I've definitely crapped on the audio I'm about to play enough. I've undersold it to you. Uh, but what happened was a woman said in honor of the Barbie movie, she wanted to prank her, her boyfriend uh, who lives with her. So she asked him to change the clothes from the washing machine to the dryer. And then uh, she stopped the dryer before it buzzed and replaced all of the clothing with Barbie clothes, a uh, guy and girl clothes uh, that was really, really tiny, of course, and made for Barbie dolls. And then tried to convince the guy that he somehow shrunk their clothing to an unbelievably small size. And I don't know why I'm so amused by the fact that it worked, that the guy was tricked. And she's saying that more people who want to celebrate the Barbie movie uh, should do this. Uh, you can do this without wanting to celebrate the Barbie movie. I think it's fine either way. Uh, but it certainly outs the guy as not someone who does a whole lot of uh, laundry. Because I don't think you can shrink stuff that much from regular clothing, they're regular sized people, to be tiny little itty-bitty stuff. And then even the very end of this audio, I don't know why it tickles me uh, so much, uh, but here we go. Hey! What do you mean? I'm just opening it. What? what did I do? I just opened the. Look at it. It's so what little. Did you do? What do you mean? I just did exactly what you did. My skirt. What do you mean? Oh my gosh, you're It's all so tiny. Mm. Why? My work pants? Those are my work what pants. What do you do? Have you never drawn clothes? Yes, I have. All I do is press the button like I always do. Gotta turn it off. Shrink. Okay, honestly, yeah, and he's about to react to shrink mode in the best way ever. Shrink mode. <laughs> I love that she says it's an older model, and you gotta turn shrink mode off. He's like, that's that's not a mode. Is that a mode? But maybe his eyes are refusing for him to believe that it's a prank because he's seeing little clothes, and he put big clothes in the dryer from the washer a little more. I, why did you have it on there? Why is that a thing? All I do is press start. Because I got a new skirt and it was too big. So. Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't know it was possible. Oh my god. That's my jacket? <laughs> that's, dude, that's not funny. This isn't funny? You shrunk my jacket. Like, is there a large one? Can, can you do it back? 
By the way, uh, he then asks if there's a large mode at the very end of that audio, and that should be a thing. Uh, they should have uh, washing machines and dryers that have shrink mode and have large mode, and you can just change the size of your clothing uh, as I get older and as the waistline increases a little bit. I'd love, like, large mode where it just stretches my clothes out a bit. But I don't know why I find this so funny, and mostly the fact that the guy was, was really tricked uh, fully tricked into thinking that it happened because just put yourself in the situation where you're asked to switch clothes and then all of a sudden you look back in the dryer after it's done and they look like itty bitty tiny clothes. <laughs> I don't know what I, I might be trickable too. I'm assuming I wouldn't, but part of me thinks maybe I would be because your eyes are supposed to tell you the truth all the time. And in this situation, it would be, and I guess she found clothes that seemed very similar to the things that she was washing and drying. Anyway, if you didn't love that audio, uh, go see the video because I really, really enjoy it. Uh, other things out there, I thought this was interesting. Uh, tips for changing habits before you reach the age of 40 uh, to make sure that you have a healthier, uh, longer life. Uh, one of those habits is to regularly exercise. Uh, building that habit before 40 is easier than building it before 40. Uh, they actually found that men who are 24 years old and women that are 21 years old have the greatest chance of developing these habits by the time they're 40 if they're doing it at those ages. Uh, don't get hooked on any sort of pain medication. Is literally number two on this list. Uh, that feels important to mention. Uh, don't smoke. Manage your stress. Eat a mostly plant-based diet. All right, I'm not sure that that one makes uh, sense to everybody. Uh, but if you do all these things, they say that you can live up to two decades uh, longer uh, and then also avoid binge drinking and get enough sleep are all things on this list. Uh, finally, actually having friends and maintaining good social uh, relationships is also mentioned. And it's funny the amount of psychological benefit uh, people get from uh, that. And actually, as you get a little bit older in life, if you wind up without uh, those social outlets, that is supposed to be one of the causes of potential some uh, worsening you know, health issues for people. Uh, so I wonder if that has to actually be something you have by 40 or something that you need most at, say, those later stages of life. But th those are all things on the list. Uh, the only one impossible for me to follow is eat mostly a plant-based diet because without uh, some of the sweet, sweet, delicious things like steak, what is the point, really? Uh, what are we all here for? Uh, other stuff I saw out there, uh, there is a terrible new mashup in the world of candy. Uh, Skittles has decided to pair with mustard uh, for National <laughs> Mustard Day, and they have a new mustard-flavored Skittle, or at least I, I think they do. I think there's some viral posts about it. Uh, I assume it tastes disgusting and terrible, but it's not the first thing to be mustarded, if that's a word. I just made up that word. A mustard ice cream, mustard beer, a mustard-flavored donuts. These are all things that you can also buy out there in the world. I think the Skittles are only on sale in a few big cities and only on sale for a few small weeks of time or maybe even just going to be handed out to people. And they are an abomination. They, they seem to be... A terrible, terrible thing that you don't need to try at all, unless they don't taste anything like it. Uh, some of those uh, things that they say taste like uh, that sort of stuff uh, really don't anyway. So it'd be interesting to see or hear if someone tries it and says, you know what, it doesn't taste convincingly like mustard, so maybe it's not that bad. Uh, but it's – I think that – here's what I'll say about it, and then I'll move on because it's probably not something I need to talk about for all that long. But I think it's a thing now where all these different companies, uh, candy companies, ice cream, whoever they are, are just trying to freak people out on social media with their crazy uh, version of a thing that no one can possibly think is good. 
Uh, there's no way anyone tried mustard Skittles and said that they were delicious and had to be on the market. I just can't imagine that's a thing. And so I wonder if for that reason, uh, that's why we're seeing this stuff. Uh, they're rolling out more and more just abomination version of things uh, because they know that, well, I'll talk about it. And then Skittles is in the news for a couple of days. Any news is good news has permeated the candy and the ice cream world, uh, which is a weird time, I guess, for all of us. Uh, one last thing. I'll play one last piece of audio. And then we'll take a break and Will will do some news. Uh, this is a school librarian in Arizona uh, saying that while walking kids across the street at a crosswalk, uh, his shoes melted because he was on the concrete for a while. And he, he says they look like this. They look like this. I know it's radio. I know you can't see it, but it seems like there's a melt hole in the middle of his shoes, which I assume means he bought very cheap shoes. Uh, but darn it, I guess I shouldn't judge. Here we go. Uh, here is this uh, librarian. His name is John, saying that helping kids cross the street, uniquely bad for his footwear. I was crossing the students, crossing the parents, and all of a sudden, when I was done, I turn around, I'm sweating, I'm tired, I want to come in back to the library where it's nice and air-conditioned, and as I'm walking back, I trip, because this part of the shoe was like this. It looked like this. <laughs> it looked like this. There's a giant hole in the middle of it. That seems bad. That seems not good at all. Uh, in the world of your, your shoe wear um, and also just helping kids cross the street. But I don't know. I mean, he's gone viral and people are talking about it uh, in the world of, uh, you know, uh, having serious takes on it, too. And that doesn't have to be that. Uh, but um, just in general, how hot things have been over the last few days. Uh, concrete can get hot. I know I think we did a story about protecting animals. <laughs> also, pay attention to your shoes. Uh, make sure your shoes are are capable of withstanding the heat and not melting into half of what they used to be. He's not like rocking Crocs or anything, though, so I can't totally figure it out. I don't know enough about shoes to know if they're cheap or not. All right, we'll take a break. Will will do some news. I'll come back, and we will continue to talk about Hunter Biden. Uh, there was a question asked to Corinne Jean-Pierre I thought was interesting about him, and actually even the way she started her press conference. And then also this, this dog uh, they have at the White House that is um, starting to be a topic of conversation as well. Uh, but all that coming up in a bit. Will's got you covered. AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, and all over the Internet, WMBDradio.com. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Hunter Biden, his plea deal fell apart uh, in court, uh, partly because the judge was like, I don't think this makes sense. And at times they were saying they didn't think it made sense for Hunter, or at least some news media was saying that. And then toward the tail end, after they had a a modified version of the plea agreement. The judge said that things didn't seem to make sense as far as constitutionally, as far as in fairness in the world of, uh, you know, law and order and all the things that matter. And so eventually rejected. Uh, here's how Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House spokesperson, uh, started her, um, uh, the White House press secretary, excuse me, started her press conference talking about how Hunter Biden is a person. He is a private citizen. How dare any of us talk about any of these things in any way? It is a personal matter. I'll leave it alone. Uh, that is a hilarious position to take. And the reason why is that it's the son of the president. And any person who is that closely tied family-wise to a sitting on any side of the aisle, sitting president of the United States, deserves to be in the news about this. And pretending that this is a nothing burger, uh, not a story, not something we should discuss is bad. It's not good for you, me, for everybody. Now, I know many people have been following the news in Delaware today and have and we're going to have a lot of questions. And so here's what I'll say at the top before I turn it over to uh, my colleague, the Admiral. Hunter Biden is a private citizen. I don't care. And this was a personal matter. For him. <laughs> no, it's not. 
As we No, uh, the tax uh, things that he did and even the WhatsApp messages that have been put out there and have not been challenged as being inauthentic uh, by the White House demonstrate that Hunter leveraged his father. Uh, I think the contention and the, the thing that feels political in nature right now is whether Pop knew about it, which is very hard to believe he didn't. But anyway, I'll, I'll digress. I'll move on from that. Leveraged his father at times to threaten people uh, into paying on some of these business deals that he had. That's all real. That's all out there. So it is inherently political, the discussion, and incredibly valuable uh, to the American people to know more here. It's not a private citizen with a private legal matter that everyone shouldn't care about. Uh, there is no scenario on on this earth where if it was uh, a Trump, any Trump of any kind, that people would not care. Uh, they would very, very much care and talk about it constantly. Let's continue. We have said the president, the first lady, they love their son. Of course they, they do. Support That's fine. As he fine. continues to rebuild his life. Mm-hmm. This case was handled independently, as all of you know. They're all handled. By the Justice Department under the leadership of a prosecutor appointed by the former president. We found somebody that Trump appointed, and so you need to know for that reason this has all got to be on the up and up, uh, even though uh, the judge threw everything out because it doesn't seem uh, like it's on the up and up. I do love that as an excuse now, that like prosecutors or judge, who's ever appointed in some of this stuff, if they were appointed by Trump, uh, that means you've got to stop criticizing it and be quiet now. Uh, But she went on to say that she has nothing else to share as far as the story is concerned and pointed you to the Department of Justice or to Hunter Biden's legal team for more information. The reason Hunter Biden is like a trigger name, I guess, is that no matter what it is, the laptop, the legal problems now to not paying taxes and making up different expenses, uh, literally a very similar thing to what Trump is being attacked for in New York um, as far as those challenges go. And people are saying that it's ridiculous to increase them to felony charges, which obviously isn't happening to Hunter Biden. Uh, the felony charge is gun related, uh, not related to the uh, tax decisions he made or the things he made up about his taxes. Uh, but what's really fascinating to me is one is obviously valuable, should be in the news a lot. The other one should be ignored uh, simply because of the name of the person and also the messenger. I think very often right now, and I think this is absolutely true of both sides of the political aisle. Although I actually think, and this won't surprise anyone, in my opinion, the left is worse at this than the right is. But everybody does this. This is a sin across all political spectrums. Depending on who the messenger is, the message is very easy to ignore. It's almost uh, begged to be ignored, it seems. And Hunter Biden, for some reason, has been the catalyst to this, at least as far as discussion goes more recently. Uh, And even more important than that, I think it's something that demonstrates that if you sleep on things, if you don't pay attention, uh, then politicians will just keep trying to get away with whatever it is they want to get away with. Even the um, um, Corinne Jean-Pierre statement there, uh, how he's a private citizen, it's a private matter, and leave it alone, is almost um, like oozing with this arrogance that how dare you ask any questions about this thing that is obviously of interest to people and should be of interest to people because of the proximity of the person in in, in trouble – Uh, for significant crimes, again, a felony gun charge on the list of things that they were actually going to try him with, although they were going to plea deal and make it basically vanish uh, and go away. But this can't not be relevant, and yet people would have you believe it's not, and certain media doesn't really cover it very much, or thinks, well, maybe it's not a story. And that desire to think that way uh, comes from arrogance. It comes from ignoring this story for months or for years because you didn't like the people who were telling you about uh, some of the other Hunter Biden stuff at some point. You just assumed they were making things up. And then you just stay in that corner no matter what, because how dare you be wrong? 
uh, it feels like is a huge part of this problem. And here, even CNN, I think I can actually demonstrate this, is almost shocked that this is the way that this has gone. And they're acting as though someone had to royally screw up either the prosecutors or Hunter Biden's legal team to get to the place where a judge throws out a deal that a lot of conservative media and not a lot of other media was saying was a sweetheart crap deal to begin with. Someone made a bad mistake here. Am I wrong looking at this saying that, that these <laughs> someone, Am I whether wrong? it be Hunter Biden's defense or prosecutor. How did we get this wrong? How did we say this was going to be an easy walk in the park kind of thing? And now suddenly someone has screwed up. Peter is here. How could how there be such apart? a big miscommunication? I cannot even begin to explain how the Justice Department <laughs> walks into that courtroom without knowing exactly what the scope of immunity or coverage is for Hunter Biden and Equally, they did I know. cannot even begin to understand how Hunter Biden's lawyers walked yeah, into that like courthouse know. without knowing exactly what the constraints, what the limitations of that deal are. I am shocked that both of the sides didn't fully agree to the thing that seemed too good to be true in the world of media. And he neglects to mention, uh, the expert for CNN, uh, that the judge is the one that had the biggest problem with all this. Because if the judge just rubber stamps it, this whole thing goes away. Uh, the whole thing doesn't matter. Uh, we don't really wind up talking about it outside of maybe... Again, people in certain parts of media who think it's ridiculous and want to make sure people understand it's ridiculous. Uh, but a lot of other people would just let it disappear into the night. Uh, but now it can't. Now it has to be discussed. Now it has to be covered other places because just the, the story today and the back and forth of plea deal accepted, plea deal not accepted, was a ridiculous, crazy roller coaster uh, that some may have said was coming and a whole lot of people ignored. I'm not saying I said it. I didn't predict that the judge would do what the judge did. I just think it's interesting uh, that when you say something seems uh, ridiculously kind uh, to someone that is accused of not just, um, you know, tax related crimes, but literal felony crimes with with a gun charge, uh, that they wind up not getting the sweet, sweet version of a no penalty deal uh, that they thought they were getting walking in. And Hunter Biden's legal team does make sense to me to not fully understand what the agreement was, because I kind of think the government tried to trick him a little bit to tell them they were getting immunity, but not the way they thought it was. Uh, here is something else I want to play just quick before I take a break. I have a couple cuts from this that I like a lot. Uh, Tucker Carlson is doing his uh, Twitter show, and his Twitter show is taking all different kinds of forms now. Uh, he was doing uh, some versions of a lot of these things on Fox, uh, whether it was the TV show or then he had that uh, podcast, vlog, uh, video thing. That was the only thing that I think people were going to their Fox On Demand uh, site for. Uh, but he took a ride with Ice Cube and talked to Ice Cube about uh, the rapper's decision not to get uh, vaccinated. And I, I thought there was a part really interesting toward the tail end of this. But here's part of the beginning. You, you had a direct order to take it. You were told to take it. Yeah, I, I'm not real good with direct orders. But on a whole <laughs> nother note, uh, but it was a command. I, didn't, I mean, they told. I'm sorry, they told you. I mean, they couldn't have been clearer about yeah, it. Yeah, it was pretty clear. Nine million dollars. Uh, uh, did you take it? Of course not. Yeah, no. It, it wasn't ready. You know, it it was it was six month. You know, kind of rush job. Now, look, I know people have all different kinds of opinions, and I did take the vaccine. I took three shots of it, and judge me for it. That's fine. I I actually don't care. I shouldn't say that the way I, I say it, but I don't care. I, I made the decision I made at the time. Uh, if I had been given better information, I probably would have made a different decision, especially given my age and some of the risks associated uh, with things like myocarditis, 
uh, in people in my age group that they saw with the vaccine compared to, to COVID. They say that COVID is much worse. It gives you much um, greater amounts of, of risk in the world of, of heart inflammation, uh, like 20, 30 um, more people per 100,000 uh, got one other than the second one. But the thing is, the shot didn't prevent COVID. So I don't know why we make the argument the way we do, uh, almost assuming that if you got the shot, well, you didn't get COVID because you did. And if you got coronavirus, you were likely no study has come out that said the um, the uh, vaccine itself mitigated the amount of risk of myocarditis from someone who got coronavirus. There's no study that says that. So one did not prevent the other, uh, which is just a weird thing missing in some of our conversation, but a little bit more of Ice Cube. And and I didn't feel safe. But they told you you were safe. I know what they said. <laughs> I know what they said. And I heard them. I heard them loud and clear. And it goes into a little bit of an audio montage where it talks about how he gave up a movie $9 million payday because he didn't want to get the COVID vaccine. And everybody on that movie, I got it. But I think the most powerful thing is when Ice Cube is talking about how he didn't want to be public and out there in the world as a a guy that didn't get the vaccine. He didn't tell anybody else not to get vaccinated. None of that was his intention. He just wanted to make his own personal decision, and he can be judged for it however you want to judge him for it. Uh, but the fact that it's public, the fact that it's out there and something that people uh, react to or care about or, or think makes him good or bad is kind of a problem in and of itself uh, that we started to abandon that privacy uh, that should exist in the world of your health care. Here's a little bit more of that audio. Why won't you get the vaccine, man? Hey, look, man, I'd just rather be myself than take that vaccine like you other three billion bozos. <laughs> I never told anyone not to get vaccinated publicly. That was never my message to the world. I didn't even want people to know whether I got vaccinated or not. I was pretty upset that that even came out. Yeah. And I was just going to quietly, you know, just not take it. And Yeah, I got to be honest. I think it's weird that that's a thing that's almost um, a defining characteristic of people now uh, and things that people ask about. Tucker Carlson is proud that he didn't get it, and I don't think that he shouldn't be proud. Um, he can be proud if he wants to. But it's just an odd thing for people to want to know and care about. If you judge me, you hear that I took them, you think I'm an idiot lamb uh, who followed along with whatever I was told to do. I can give you the honest truth uh, just for me personally. I can't speak for anybody else. I thought with my health, uh, my age, everything that I am, and I think it actually is true based on the data that we have even still, that I was unlikely to be harmed by COVID or the vaccine. So I just decided to get the vaccine uh, thinking that I was uh, gambling in a way uh, that didn't have really, really bad odds, no matter what uh, the outcome was. And I imagine people might have been in that boat. And, and similarly, and again, because Ice Cube is saying what he's saying, and I think it's powerful and important, I didn't tell anybody what to do. I didn't get on a single radio. So there's not a piece of audio you can find anywhere of me telling people to get vaccinated, telling people not to get vaccinated, uh, telling people to do anything, because it should have been a life decision like everything else is. And no company should have forced anyone to do anything. You can find audio of me throughout the pandemic saying that that was wrong, because that is wrong and never should have happened. Uh, but anyway, I, I do think it's powerful that Ice Cube said I became this punching bag Saturday Night Live, one of the clips making fun of him. And I just wanted to have my own personal decision stay with me and my family. And I don't know how it became this whole other thing. 
uh, when he decided not to, you know, be a part of a movie and a nine million dollar payday uh, went away. All right. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3. And the Tucker Carlson thing, I'll just say this. I guess I, I should have said this. It is interesting. The things he's doing on Twitter, uh, the audience he's gaining, and then actually the way in which he's presenting different types of content, uh, not just sitting in front of a screen and talking the way you saw him talk on TV, but doing the drive around chat with Ice Cube. He's much more versatile in the world he's in now. And I think continuing to demonstrate whether you follow him or not, care about him or not, uh, that the media landscape changed a while ago, uh, but continues to change for even people uh, that come from more traditional formats. You can just go anywhere you want. Uh, the content is king. That's what matters. How you say it, what you say, who you're talking to matters quite a bit more than where you are. Uh, it is unique. And uh, I hope that what I do here is something that keeps you showing up here on this platform for us. Uh, we are on uh, podcasting, too. We are on digital our streaming. You can find us a bunch of places. But anyway, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. I will get to uh, more serious things a little bit later on in the show. Top five at five coming up in about a half hour, half an hour. Uh, my wife will be here with Betty's word of the day or the Spanish word of the day in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, some other things I saw out there in the world. I don't know why. Okay, I know why I, I found this interesting. A uh, Rhode Island barista, uh, I guess, went to a Drake concert recently. Uh, she's gone viral. Her name is Veronica. Uh, she goes by a different name uh, on social media. I'm not going to give that out for reasons you'll find out in a second. Uh, but she threw, threw her size 36G bra at Drake at a Brooklyn concert a short time ago. And I guess has now gone viral because of it. Uh, she's now going to be in Playboy. Uh, she's going to be a Playboy model. And she says she's ready to take Drake on a date. And that request has also gone viral on the Internet. Um, people are hoping that the famous person uh, winds up going on a date with the woman with uh, unique um, skills, uh, unique, unique uh, attributes, uh, to say the least about it. But I just think it's funny because I don't know if you tell that um, how we met story to people. Uh, later, I know in the world of a famous person, it's story that's out there. But I wonder if that's the way anybody has ever wound up marrying somebody else. Oh, yeah, they threw their bra at me at this thing that I was doing. And then it was love ever since. It's been happiness from that moment on. Uh, but I just like it. I like the idea that she's hoping for a happily ever after. Uh, not a lot of uh, rom-com uh, movies uh, go that road. Uh, not saying that any of those are realistic. Uh, other things out there that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, I, I thought this was funny. Uh, New Jersey, which is the state I was born in, uh, doesn't let you pump your own gas. So people have to figure out how to pump gas when they go to places that are not New Jersey. Uh, this 20-year-old woman uh, went viral on social media uh, because she just put up a video complaining about how difficult it is to pump her own gas. Here's some of what she said. don't know how to get this thing out of my gas, like to, for it to stop <laughs> pumping. So I just have to fill up every single time. And this is literally the slowest gas thing I've ever been to. Like, I've been here for 10 minutes. Uh, by the way, the thing that she doesn't know how to remove is to unlock it so it doesn't keep pumping gas. So she doesn't have to fill up every... Although I thought you filled up every time. I don't know people who don't fill up. Let's do a little And more. I just have to let it fill up because I don't know how to do that. Like, I, I didn't even know my <laughs> gas could go. This oh my god i had no idea i could spend this much money on gas waiting. look at it going what's going on it's like not going <laughs> oh my god i'm scared is that normal why is it making that noise 
Is that normal? That's what she asked to all of her social media followers. The answer is no. It is not normal for it to make the weird noises making there. Uh, but I love the fact that she complains about all this, about having to um, fill up the gas every time, but not knowing how any of it works. Uh, people uh, on social media did react by telling her to learn that skill. It's important everywhere uh, but in Jersey. Uh, real quick, before I throw it to Will and he does some news, I want to say thank you to a listener of ours. Uh, Cookie Susan is the way in which I describe her on the radio. Uh, she once sent Will and I uh, cookies, uh, which was very, very nice of her. I'm sure Will Stevenson remembers that. Uh, she has sent us a Berea pizza, uh, which is like I call it a taco pizza because uh, it's cut like a pizza. It's shaped like a pizza, uh, but it's essentially a, a taco uh, there's hot sauces. There's all kinds of things. This <laughs> is the gonna, second time she's treated us to food. I was going to say, speaking as a resident of downstate, as a native of downstate Illinois, Craig, mm-hmm. that's not a taco pizza. What is it that? Is, it's a Berea pizza. It's a Berea pizza. It's, but it's got the it's got yeah. the tortilla on both sides, and oh then it's got God. the taco meat and the onions and the stuff, and there's the cilantro on top. That is a taco. Absolutely amazing. Right. This is amazing. what it is. Yes. Thank you, uh, Cookie Susan, for saying that's all the things that a taco is. But you call yeah, it pretty much. Okay. So why can't we call it Berea pizza? Well, a taco see, pizza? there's a taco pizza in this part of Illinois <laughs> that basically has no! taco chips on top uh-huh. of it. That's but not is otherwise like a pizza. That's a nacho pizza. That's not a taco no, pizza. No, no, nachos a taco are, pizza yeah, has na- like a uh-huh. bean layer. That's nachos. Nachos have that, and they have cheese. Oh. They have everything. That's a nacho pizza. Gosh, that's not a taco your, pizza. Your Eastern <laughs> upbringing is going to drive me nuts no, one it's of not, these sir. days. But thank you to Cookie <laughs> Susan, a very kind listener. Uh, who fed us for the second time. Uh, you don't have to bring us food. Uh, it feels like it's becoming a pattern. She's well, no, doing it once a year. you don't have to, but... But we won't reject it. We no. will take it every single no, time. No, we're, we're radio people. We, <laughs> yes. are, we are conditioned right. to br- almost eat whatever food you bring us, That's regardless true. of how unsafe it may That's be. That's true. I do know, as a fact, if I leave this pizza out and don't put it in a fridge, that someone will eat it tomorrow when they come into this radio station and find it. Well, I don't I'm know who it would be. coming in to get more in a minute, so you won't have <laughs> okay. that problem. Fair enough. Will's got the news. <laughs> AM, it's 1470 FM But listen to us on your smart speaker. Uh, We're on the Internet. We're on all the cool places. I tell your smart speaker to play WMBD radio. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. My name is Craig Collins. This is the Craig Collins Show. But this most important person on the show, the most famous person on the show, Betty, is here, my wife, uh, who people recognize all the time when you go out places. Uh, It's awesome when it happens. Keep doing it because you get very excited when you meet people. Uh, You just chatted with uh, Cookie Susan is what I call her. Uh, she drops off things for us. She dropped us off a, and you're already making fun of me for the way I say this, <laughs> Berea pizza, which is not pronounced correctly. Well, you are uh, trying to correct yourself uh, with the pronunciation. Okay, so I'm getting closer now. You. Yeah, because uh, I was uh, listening uh, to you and Will before, before. It's super dumb the way we were saying <laughs> it. Will was worse than me is what you're saying. He I was, was like, way well, worse. What are they trying to say? Okay. How do you then, say it? Uh, birria. Birria pizza. Yes. Uh, Berea is the way we were saying it, but <laughs> yes. Berea pizza yes. Yes, right and thing. I figured out okay. uh, what were you trying to mm-hmm. say because when I saw the pizza, it's kind of like a, a giant tortilla, burrito tortilla. Right. And between the two tortillas, it's meat. It's a meat, birria. So that's that's a taco too, by the way. Am I wrong to describe it as a taco? Because it's got onions, it's got cilantro, which are the things that they put in Mexican tacos. Then it's got you know the tortilla part, and then it's got a beef. That's a that's a taco. Yeah, That's, those are tacos that I eat. So you guys don't even call it taco pizza. You guys call it birria pizza. Yes. Well, okay. it's it's the first time for me that I've seen it like that. Like I that. told you it was like a like Different. a pizza, like a regular pizza. Yeah. Okay. 
that has the second layer, like the the more you know uh, quesadilla version of a thing. Was that your stomach or mine? It my, it's my throat. Which, are, you, are you okay? <laughs> was, that was amazing. I was eating like very fast. You were eating very of, fast. Piece of your, pizza. your stomach yes. just made a noise. That's a, uh, you're a very big fan of the pizza, though. Uh, and the other I was, thing, I was chugging the pizza because <laughs> I, I was you, about to jump you in be the, on the radio. Well, because the other thing I want to ask you, like the one that he's calling taco pizza, that's like nacho pizza. That when you have it as like chips and they're all on the top with the cheese and the, the beef. That's nachos in Mexico. Yes, okay. yes, that's nachos. Yeah, so that's not a taco pizza. So this no. is a taco pizza. It's You're more like a burrito pizza. Burrito pizza. All right, fine. Whatever it is, it's delicious. It's, and thank it's you. so super good. Thank Anyways, you to Cookie yeah, Thank you, Susan. It it, it's it. pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And all the hot sauces, including yes. in the, in the pizza. Yes, which you're one of the only people going yeah, after the all the hot sauces. <laughs> <laughs> I think TJ <laughs> had some of them, but it's oh, mostly yeah. you. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, let me let me do this. I want to go through some stories that I thought would be interesting for you, Betty, and then you'll give us the uh, Spanish word of the day, mm-hmm. uh, which is not barria. It's going to be something else. Birria. Birria. I'm yes. getting close. Yes. I you can't roll my close. R. Yeah. Um, this is a list of people going viral on, I think, Reddit, uh, bragging about the things they found in dumpsters. Um, you love when we are walking around our neighborhood or anywhere else and you see something that looks like it's still good, but somebody threw it out and put it on the curb – you love trying to take that stuff, and yes. I do not love yeah. trying to take that stuff. I always try to tell you, you don't know. It could have stuff. It could have bed bugs, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. We should err on the side of caution. We should buy things in stores. Uh, my mom used to love dumpster shopping, I guess yeah. is what you call mm-hmm. it, and so now you, you love it. And so these are just things that people brag about that they found. Uh, someone found $300 earrings that were thrown away. Most of this is in, like, store dumpsters, not people uh, in their front yards. Uh, other people said that they love to find flowers uh, that people throw away or outside of floral shops. They okay, save them yeah. for days. Uh, someone else said that they found an office chair worth 1500 bucks uh, yeah. that had gotten thrown out. All of this is not surprising to you at all. All yeah, these no. are totally wins. Yeah, yeah. And this totally. is why you want to take stuff. Yes. Yeah, actually, there is a TikToker, <laughs> a girl who does that okay. uh, from stores like uh, Walmart or mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't want to say more brands, but she literally goes to Behind the dumpster it, and, looks at dumpsters, and get a dives. lot of stuff and yeah. help others to to. There's donate. another person that goes to colleges after students move out and finds things. She said that she found all these like Apple computers, laptops, Apple Chairs, watches, stuff. Bed. All of it still works. I don't know why people throw that out. One guy said he found two flat screen TVs that are totally fine. A woman said she found 30 pairs of shoes. You got two screen (laughs) screen TVs for two dollars. That's true. I did at the at the auction. Mm -hmm. That was true. And that auction is today. uh, Yes, it's today. Yeah, we could we could swing out and hit that up a little bit. Maybe I'll buy some. Go people and go to like auction. It's pretty cool to watch. You were frustrated that I bought the screens though, because you think I have too many screens (laughs) in the house. Yes, you have a lot of screens in the house. Yeah, that's why I got frustrated. But anyway, we don't even have to go to the auction. We can just dumpster dive, uh, which you uh, like way more than I do, but well, I'm proving you right by yes. saying the good stuff that people find. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know if it's going to change my opinion. Uh, also, I saw this. I love this, too. A woman went viral on social media for complaining. Uh, she's in a apartment with some of her college friends, and she says one of the roommates loves to buy in bulk. So even though there's four people and even like though they, you, do, they don't share food, yes, uh, the one roomie likes to buy in bulk and fills up the whole fridge and freezer, and nobody else can put their stuff in it because there's always those giant bulk boxes. But I love buying in bulk, and you tell me it's crazy for just two of us because there's just two of us. Yes. But we're, make, we're saving over time. We've well, got to find a way to store it. 
but then we're saving well, it eventually. it depends on the item because <laughs> some, some of the stuff expire. Buy, yeah, and it is just you Gotta and me. Be strategy. I always feel like uh, mm-hmm. buying in bulk is for like big families. Families, multiple like my, people. My brother right. has like three, four girls yes. at, at home, so it makes sense for, go to, for him to go to Costco. And when I take you to Sam's Club and I pull out like the giant guacamole spread that's there and <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can right. we eat all this in and three days? No. You say no, and I say, I think we can't. I yeah, and that's it. the worst part because you're always like, okay, we can, Betty. And <laughs> we I'm can and, do it. And I'm ending like eating the whole thing because you don't, oh, yeah. you don't, you yeah, don't, I don't I what you don't, say you are yeah, going to eat. Okay, fine. All right, that's good. But apparently the one roommate is making the other roommates mad, and I get that in their situation because they're all sharing, you know, the fridge and not sharing the food, but we share the food. So yeah, anytime, anytime that I buy food. in bulk and I save us money, that's a win for both of us. Yes. Right? So yes. a little more dumpster shopping, a little more buying in bulk. That yes. can be the compromise. Yeah. Sure a lot of, and just get sales. <laughs> sales all okay. the time. Sales, yes. Very important to get the sales. Like yesterday, we got like a very good deal at the grocery store like mm-hmm. for food that is going to be uh, bad. Yep. Tomorrow. Yep, and, and we're, we're going to eat it all. It. That's yes. correct. And that was just a regular store. Yep. We didn't even go to the fancy yep. store. All right, one last one for you, and then I'll get your word of the day. Uh, I know you don't hate the warm weather. You you don't dislike it at no, all, I actually. No, I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah. When you go outside and it's warm out, you're like, this is wonderful. Is. This is lovely. Is. So I wonder what you think of this. Uh, this is something that's new, I guess, mostly in Japan. Uh, people are buying clothing that has built-in fans. Uh, you charge the clothes the way you would charge a phone and a little battery pack on the clothing, and then you walk around with, like, pants or a shirt or a jacket, and all of them have fans in them that run constantly to keep you uh, cool, cool out in the heat. Yeah. Do you think that's a dumb idea, and would you hate it if I bought a fan jacket that <laughs> I wore around in Mexico? Think about your family reacting, yes, too. Yes. If I, you know, because sometimes I get in the car, and nobody puts the windows down, and nobody yeah. turns the air conditioning they on. They want to save gas. They want to save gas, and it's 125 degrees. And if I had a fan jacket, I would feel way better. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll support your okay. idea. Great. Do you yeah. think the rest of your family will make fun well, of me? just, just going <laughs> to smile at you, but... That's it? Yeah. They won't say anything else? Okay, no. fine. Good. All right, good. So the fan jacket is okay. That's um, a great idea for babies, mm-hmm. too, because uh, they yep. suffer a lot. Uh, when we went to see the uh, game at... San Luis, Missouri. Mm-hmm, the Cardinals Yankees, and the Yankees. Against, yes. They were, uh, I saw several babies, like, like just being, being outside super the heat. annoying, the heat, mm-hmm. and they need those little fans. They need, they, uh, they are babies. Babies and me is what we're saying. <laughs> yes. Those are yes. two people that need fans. Yeah. Babies and your husband. I don't know if I like the fact that your brain immediately <laughs> went to babies. All right. Uh, this is the part where you teach us one uh, word every single day. You're teaching all of Central Illinois Spanish a word at a time. What's the Spanish word of the day today, Betty? Trabalenguas. Uh, what? <laughs> Can you say that one more time? Trabalenguas. Are you trying to make these harder because people told you to make them harder? Yes, okay. uh, Cody, I think. Yeah, uh, from a, couple, the a couple people told you to make yes, them harder. Like, Trabalenguas. <laughs> no. Not even close? Not even close. All right, give me one more. Give me one more. Traba. Traba. Lenguas. Lenguas. Trabalenguas. Yes, I, I it's all it together. Yes, okay. it is kind of, it's because like there are two words together, traba, mm-hmm. lenguas, which yep. is like tongue mm-hmm. twister in traba English. Traba lenguas, what are those? Traba lenguas, tongue twister. Tongue twister. Okay, yes. that's what the word means. Yes. So you're now coming in with the Spanish word for tongue twister. Do you have tongue, to tongue twister in English, correct? Uh, no, I don't have one right now. Like tres no. tristes tigres. Yeah, or like uh, she 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 sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> yes. I had to be really careful about that because if you mess up in a certain way, yeah, okay, I, I got it. I got yeah. trabalenguas. Trabalenguas. Nailing it. I, I'm getting it today. You are getting it. Okay, cool. Uh, you know what I thought we could do for Spanish word of the day? Yeah. Three zero nine three four zero four four six four is the cell phone number. You can text this show. 
309-340-4464. You can also call and leave a voicemail. You can text sí. audio of you saying trabalinguas. Como se dice. Como se dice. There you go. Or you can leave me a voicemail trying to say the Spanish word of the day. Anyone that wants to participate, uh, we'll pick a few and we'll play them. Uh, but trabalinguas is the word of the day. Yes, okay, trabalinguas. Cool. Right, thank you, Betty, for everything. Uh, you agreed to more bulk food buying if I agreed to more um, dumpster diving. Dumpster, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I just want to remind you, Casey. Okay, good. <laughs> sure. A quick break. A lot more. I don't know if I like the way you just said sure. I feel like that was a pat me on the head. It's totally <laughs> yes. fine. It's not going to happen when you're not on the radio. It will. It will. All right, good. A quick break. <laughs> quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights is one of my favorite spots to go. Uh, Betty and I's favorite spots to go in town. Uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue is the address. 1505 East Lake, uh, just a couple blocks off of Prospect on Lake. Uh, 309-682-9875 is the phone number. 309-682-9875. Uh, give them a call. Uh, go to the bar. Hang out. A bunch of reasons why. Uh, they have a cool bar, a cool atmosphere, uh, great bartenders. Uh, Jen and Trish are two people that we uh, deal with a lot when we go. Um, they pour us drinks even as we're walking in. I think that's something they wind up doing uh, for a lot of people who go maybe as often as we go. Uh, but it's just a, a, a cool atmosphere. And you do get to interact with some people who um, served and protected our country, uh, which is uh, awesome as well. Although, you know, uh, if you don't uh, want to walk up and talk to total strangers, it's not like everybody has to go that road. Uh, they have a cool event coming up that demonstrates how much they care about their staff, their their work family, uh, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, July 30th, they're going to throw a baby shower uh, for Edith and Ray, uh, who make all the delicious food on Taco Tuesday and on Friday and Saturday there. It's at 3 p.m., July 30th. Uh, snacks, cake, all kinds of things, gift cards are going to be appreciated if you bring some of those as a gift. Uh, but there will be ways to celebrate and enjoy uh, and say, you know, um, congratulations, they're having a kid. Uh, so a baby shower at the VFW, not a lot of places who do stuff like that anymore. Um, so, you know, hang out, check it out. And as I've said, and I'll keep saying, uh, they also do a lot of philanthropic stuff. Uh, the bartenders come up with stuff and people they want to help uh the quartermaster, Eric uh, Thurman, who's been on the show a bunch, does it. Everybody does uh, because it's just in their DNA. So when you support that bar, you're also supporting a lot of the causes that they find uh, near and dear to them. And they're just doing great work in the community, uh, which is something people don't know. Uh, when you talk to them and you start to find out how many things they're doing, you're like, wow, uh, you're involved in this many places. Uh, plus, I think their their drawing is now well over $70,000. No, it's not a billion. It's not what the uh, mega millions is right now. But it's a lot of money if you win their, their raffle, uh, which they do like a drawing a week. All right, some other stuff out there quickly. Uh, we'll uh, get to news in about four minutes or so. Uh, then we'll do the top five at five after, and I'll revisit Hunter Biden and some of the other things that just feel like the biggest stories of the day. Mitch McConnell had sort of a scary health episode. Uh, I'll play some of that audio in a little bit. Uh, but first, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Samsung unveiled brand-new foldable smartphones, uh, something they've been doing for a while now. Uh, they have a Galaxy Z Flip 5 and a Z Fold 5. I don't know what the difference is other than I'm assuming uh, somehow one is more flippy and one is more foldy. Um, but both are available, and uh, they're uh, both, like, uh, as big as most iPhones are. Uh, so I think these are really cool. Uh, I know this isn't, you know, much of a, a technology show, even though I'm a nerd for a lot of technology. Uh, but it's probably the most likely to get me to stop worshiping at the altar of Apple 
uh, which I've worshipped at for probably far too long now, uh, just because I have one Apple product and then you have six Apple products and they all work together. Uh, but the, the phones that are on display that are coming out that I see more and more people actually have uh, do stuff that I wish my phone did uh, so that it's more compact. It's more um, – and I actually, to be honest, with the, the foldable thing, because it's still like a chunk. It's not you know all that skinny yet. I think it's more something that, that women more than men get because they can fold it up and put it in a purse uh, more so. that It doesn't really create that much more room in a pocket. It's just cool to look at. So uh, they're available. They're out. Uh, people are freaking out. Uh, that seems to be the best way. To, Apple hasn't done anything really innovative about any of their products in a while. I did see they're trying to add um, blood glucose monitoring to their Apple Watch, which would be huge. It'd be a giant breakthrough if they figure out how to make that technology with lasers and stuff work. And I guess it's pretty tricky. It's not the easiest thing to, to miniaturize, to get on your wrist. Uh, but if people could check that, especially people with type 1 or type 2 diabetes, uh, well, Apple would have a crap ton more money to put on top of the crap ton of money uh, they already have. And they are supposed to be at the forefront of figuring that out. But that's something that's not likely to be around the corner. And so, again, I, I don't think they've innovated in a while. And that's what they had been known for. And Samsung apparently is. All right. I want to play this audio. Uh, I don't know if you'll agree with me on it. Some stunt guy, who I guess is the stunt guy for Harrison Ford and others, uh, was at the uh, SAG-AFTRA um, striking, the the protesting, the trying to get more money thing in Hollywood. So it's a bunch of actors and people around him. And he lit himself on fire because he's a stunt guy. And I just thought the cheering, this the video went viral. He's standing on the on the stage. He's holding up one of the signs that says, like, pay us more money. And he's totally on fire. And again, I just don't think people are cheering enough for this, uh, which is why actors are definitely lame uh, compared to the rest of us in these worlds. If you light somebody on fire, you got to go real nuts. And this, again, not exactly that. Woo! <laughs> it almost immediately dies down after the one woo, and that's going to build a little more. Yeah! He's on fire! And that's it. <laughs> Thanks, guys! I wonder how you feel if you're the dude that just lit yourself on fire at the uh, the protest or the strike and people didn't go as crazy as you thought they would. And then you got to slowly put yourself out somehow. I feel like that's embarrassing. If you've ever embarrassed yourself in a meeting at work, if you've ever said a thing to a group of people and felt dumb about it, uh, you haven't gone as far as to in front of a group of Hollywood people, uh, light yourself on fire and not have it be as big of a deal as you thought it was. So feel better about yourself. I guess is really the message and judge Hollywood a little bit more if you want to, because I definitely am, because that that should have been like, oh, my God, he's on fire. And there should have been pandemonium uh, that breaks out uh, uh, anyway. All right. I'll stop at that. I'll take a break. Like I said, top five at five coming up next. 1470 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. It is something that I do every single day at this time. I give you the five biggest news stories of the day in no particular order. Uh, that feels important to mention sometimes because uh, I do get text messages. And by the way, you can text the show. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the number to text the show. Uh, 309-340-4464. Where people are like, I wouldn't have made that your number one or your number two uh, story. They're, they're not in order. I'm just doing them the whatever way I feel like. So I apologize for that. But these are the top five stories of the day. We even have a sounder. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. Uh, the five biggest things, according to me, uh, that you can talk about as you're on your way home or when you get home to whoever it is. Actually, there's a farmer uh, that listens to this show that came up to me recently. 
uh, at an event I was at and said he really loves the show, which is very nice of him. And he tells his wife the stuff that I talk about during this segment. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad you're going to pass it on to her. All right, let's do them in uh, this order. First, a very sad story. Uh, and I feel like this is a, a giant story and should be a big story. And if it's not on the news a lot of places, it, it's because we don't um, appreciate, uh, not you and I, uh, but maybe uh, the totality of, of our society, uh, the amount of sacrifice that goes on for those who serve and protect our, our country. Uh, but three Marines uh, were found uh, to have passed away uh, inside a car uh, close to Camp Lejeune, which is in North Carolina. Uh, they died of carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, no official information has been made uh, public, but there are people that are um, wondering or suspicious or whatever the word is supposed to be uh, if this was intentional. Uh, all three uh, Marines uh, were found together, a 19 years old, 23 years old, and 23 year old, 23 years old respectively. Uh, and again, the uh, motor vehicle operators um, were inside a vehicle that was, uh, I guess, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say this any differently, uh, but it, it's certainly the kind of thing that makes you immediately uh, sad, or at least makes me immediately sad because of how much of a mental health crisis exists within the world of our, our military, our veterans, uh, and something I've talked about with several people uh, that have been on the show. Uh, MT is one guy that comes to mind in 22VA, which is a really cool thing uh, that allows, um, uh, that connects with veterans and allows them to even display their art uh, at the VFW in Peoria Heights and other places. Uh, and that art is a way for them to heal from some of the experience of, of going to war. But these were young uh, uh, Marines um, that uh, I don't know, again, all the details of what happened, why it happened, um, but they were found together. And uh, it was a missing person story that wound up having a horrible ending. Uh, but it should be a story that gets talked about a lot. And it's at the start of my top five at five because it is a demonstration of a thing that, that needs to be, you know, um, uh, consistently discussed and, and mental health in general and mental health in the world of some of the other things uh, that we see and debate and talk about, but certainly in the, in the world of our military. Uh, other things out there that feel like very big stories today, of course, the Hunter Biden plea agreement slash not plea agreement, the thing that didn't go the way uh, that Hunter Biden's uh, lawyers probably thought it would go, and sort of shocking a couple things that happened. Uh, the first one being, and this is probably the more significant of the two things, um, that uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers thought he was getting complete immunity and the prosecutors, the um, the uh, government said, that, no, 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 we're only giving him specific immunity in certain cases uh, based on some of the things he's pleading guilty to. Uh, they were going to give him a pretty uh, giant swath of you won't be charged with any other IRS related tax related uh, crimes from 2014 to 2019. Uh, but the gun charge was very specific that was being um, uh, essentially uh, you know, thrown out or, or disguised or like kind of buried, even though it was a felony charge. And so this is how CBS News talked about the inevitable falling apart and Hunter Biden pleading innocent or pleading not guilty uh, to things that he was going to say he was guilty of when the plea agreement was. It's a weird way to try to pivot if you actually go the road of trying to defend this guy in court now, which I don't think will happen. I think they'll probably come up with some other plea agreement, and that might change people's opinions about whether or not the justice system is fair. And if people like Hunter Biden get away with stuff, they shouldn't. Uh, but here's again how CBS talked about this today. Uh, the judge in this case, Mary Ellen Nakaya, she said that she had serious 
reserve, reservations, in, including constitutional questions um, about the agreement and that she needed more information before she could either accept it or reject it. There was one moment, I think, that was really the turning point. There was a recess. The defense counsel, Chris Clark, started talking with a member of the U.S. Attorney's Office, and they were clearly discussing the deal itself and whether it would limit future criminal charges against Hunter Biden. And this member of the U.S. attorney team said, that's not the agreement. And Chris Clark said, well, then I guess we just rip it up. And <laughs> so I guess it's over if we if we don't get full immunity on all the stuff that he could have done wrong, that we're not saying he did wrong. And of course, even the president often says that my son is, more, I think, the smartest guy uh, that our president knows. I think he said it's Hunter Biden. So just live with that as a thing in the world. Uh, he wanted complete immunity from any other potential crimes down the road. But everything he did with Ukraine or China or any business deal, any of that stuff, it was all on the up and up. Anything he did uh, was 100 percent fine and we shouldn't even care or talk about it. How dare it be uh, political fodder uh, for those to, to um, you know, attack the current president on. I love that aspect. When you think about the, the legitimacy of all of this or the lack thereof, uh, there is the fact that Hunter Biden didn't get enough immunity. So that's the reason his legal team said he wouldn't accept this deal, that there are potentially other things out there uh, that uh, and a lot of people already know this. And Republicans are still investigating this, uh, that he wanted full immunity on. Uh, that is an admission of guilt way beyond the things that he was even going to get to be sweetheart dealed away uh, and what didn't happen today. But they thought was I love one other way. I'm, I'm going to move on. I know it's a top five of five. I've only done one topic so far, but I love the way that NBC's Chuck Todd uh, talked about this because it's kind of he doesn't intend it to sound exactly the way it does. But it's awesome because even the whistleblower stuff was getting uh, ignored uh, by some mainstream media or ridiculed or or talked about in a way that like all oh, these whistleblowers, who knows who they are? Uh, the two guys that came forward from the IRS, IRS and said this was investigated with a whole bunch of irregularities. Uh, here's how Chuck Todd summed that up. Meanwhile, it's worth pointing out that the Trump appointed U.S. attorney in this case, David Weiss, is facing elevated scrutiny of his own due to the handling of this investigation after House Republicans heard public testimony from a pair of IRS whistleblowers alleging political interference in this investigation. That testimony came after the original plea deal was announced. What? <laughs> no. Which today dramatically fell apart. And it is worth noting that the House Ways and Means Committee, led by Jason Smith, the Republican of Missouri, did give additional information to the judge in Delaware before today's proceeding. It is worth noting that the thing that they said went on uh, may have been the reason that a judge felt uncomfortable uh, going the road they went. That worked. That part worked. Whether it was paid attention to by a bunch of media, I guess doesn't matter uh, because it was something that was handed on to a judge who decided that a lot of this doesn't make constitutional sense, uh, which is significant. All right. Top five of five. Let's get through the other ones. Uh, Mitch McConnell today gave a press conference, a weekly thing he does, froze for about 20 seconds was escorted away, came back and said he was fine. But here's what part of that sounded like. Uh, we're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of I can talk over it for a little while or I can just keep playing it. But that goes on for over 20 seconds. They say it might have been a mini stroke of some kind. But he, he came back and said he was fine. But it's, it's eerie. It's scary. It's something that um, uh, people should care about. Uh, that's the third topic of the day uh, for top five at five. Uh, let's do two more. 
I, I think this one is interesting. So, and this is the way I'm going to talk about this. I've, I've sometimes said uh, that I don't truly understand the scope of the, the argument or the conversation that exists in the world of, of transgender athletes or some of the LGBTQ stuff. I think it's talked about. One of the reasons why is I don't have, I don't have kids, so I, I certainly understand um, parents who say they want to protect their kids from some of the, the things that are conversations uh, in today's society and don't understand why people are trying to have uh, adult conversations with children uh, that don't make a lot of sense. But in the world of, of athletes and athletics, I had a take, and I don't talk about these topics a lot because, again, I feel a little removed from them, uh, that said that I'm not trying to prevent athletes from participating in sports. I think sports are tremendously important. And so if you're college age and you're a man, a woman, or a transgender athlete that has biological advantages, which are defined in things other than, say, conservative media, then I think that there could be opportunities for you to compete some other way. And so that's what happened today. And I thought it was really interesting because uh, the body that did this, the World Aquatics uh, Organization, the governing body for major swimming competitions and the Olympics itself, uh, said they're going to have an open category. And an open category is not specific to your sex. And in that category, a transgender swimmer, it doesn't matter uh, which transgender type of swimmer it would be, a, a biological man, biological woman uh, who has transitioned to the other other sex, um, they would all get to compete along with biological men and women. At least that's how I understand it. I think more details are supposed to come out. And my favorite part of this, by the way, is some of the coverage is that this was a shot at right-wing talking points or conservative uh, people who are uh, yelling nonstop about some of these things. Um, including a headline, I think Mediate had it, New Transgender Ruling Directly Addresses Right-Wing Talking Point. I find this to be an absolute misunderstanding of what people care about. And I could be wrong, and you can text me and tell me I'm wrong, 309-340-4464. But I do think protecting women's sports was the authentic intention of the conversation. And within the announcement today, uh, the World Aquatics Organization said that they wanted to make sure that women's athletics was fair. They said it's a very complex topic. They were delighted to tell people today that they are making plans for the first trial of an open category, and they hope that confirm those details soon. Uh, they don't hate anybody. Uh, they just acknowledge that it's not fair. And actually, I think a verbatim quote from one of the people who spoke today is it was very important that we protected fair competition for our female athletes. Again, to me... This is the version of desiring a conversation to be hateful that isn't hateful, uh, but is coming from a place that is not the accepted way to talk about these things by woke or mainstream or whatever you want to call it, uh, versions of 2023 standards. So I actually praise this decision. I think it's a good decision. I think it's valuable for, for people to compete in sports uh, at a college level or at an Olympic level. I don't know if it's something that will wind up being uh, a thing that's that's everywhere, uh, but I think it, it disproves the idea uh, that people who talk about this and talk about it with the opinion that they share it with uh, just hate people uh, that are certain, you know, um, um, people within the LGBTQ uh, groups. Um, I just I just don't get why the need for hate is a byproduct of some of these conversations or the need to believe hate exists is a byproduct of some of these conversations when you could take them much more authentically and people sort of refuse to do it. But I thought that was an interesting story and another of the top five at five. And then finally, uh, one last story, and then we'll take a break. 
and I have some audio, but I'll skip it for now. Maybe I'll play it later. Uh, Kristen Bell, the actress, uh, was on um, uh, Kelly Clarkson's TV show and said that she lets her kids drink non-alcoholic beer. Uh, the reason why she does it is that her husband, who's also a famous actor, Dax Shepard, uh, is a recovering alcoholic who drinks non-alcoholic beer uh, because he you know, wants to drink actual beer and shouldn't. Uh, and because of that, his kids have tried it and almost bonded with him over it. And she even went so far as to say that her kids actually order it when out at a restaurant. Uh, one of the kids will raise a hand and be like, hey, can I have a non-alcoholic beer? And there are, there are still very little uh, kids. I think they're 10 and 8 now, uh, their daughters. And a lot of people have a problem with this. And I agree with the people who have a problem with this. And just the nonchalant way that she said it or didn't even have it dawn on her, uh, I do think there's an opportunity here for you to be teaching uh, potentially bad habits uh, to your children long before they're of age uh, to drink alcohol, and they might wind up drinking um, similarly to their father. I actually also think that, that alcoholism has a biological component to it, if I'm not mistaken. So people are upset, and I think they should be. I think it's sad because you should have compassion for someone uh, who's trying to change uh, an addiction uh, like that and sharing something that is not actually alcoholic with your kids. I, I think that also makes sense as just like a thing that could have happened or could have been done. Uh, but it's not something, again, that I would encourage um, uh, people or I think would be smart for people to do while raising their kids at those young ages. And so it's caused a lot of controversy. People are discussing it. I'd love your reaction to it. Uh, 309-340-4464. Uh, but I agree with those that are saying it seems like a bad idea as far as a parent goes to be causing your kids to love the taste of non-alcoholic beer at ages 8 and 10 or even younger, because uh, I think they first started doing it when the kids were even younger. Uh, that, that seems wrong. That seems bad to me. Uh, just throwing that out there from afar. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Uh, we got Will Stevenson coming along in about three minutes to do some news. And then after the news, I will do good story, bad story, uh, which hopefully makes you feel great about the world we live and the people who live in it. And then, well, exactly the opposite. Uh, that's the whole point of the segment. Uh, that's coming up in just a bit. Sometimes it's harder for me to do uh, when the good stories are very good. I don't want to do the bad stories, but darn it, that's not life. I don't want to be the millennial who gets a trophy every time I compete. I just want to get a trophy when I win stuff, people. Uh, some other things out there uh, that are definitely interesting. Uh, there are now dog experts uh, that are saying that what's coming out of the White House as far as the two-year-old, um, I think, uh, dog commander uh, that's being accused of biting people um, is is definitely crap. Uh, the White House is defending themselves. I think Corinne Jean-Pierre said that the dog uh, might be stressed because living in the White House is a tough environment to live in. Um, but that's not something that uh, experts are saying makes any sense at all and that aggressive dogs need to – uh, be trained uh, better in order to not have this be a problem. This is the second dog uh, that the uh, Biden family, uh, that the president and his family have have had, uh, that winds up winds up getting complaints like this. I imagine it's because they're not really paying attention to their dog. I don't know. Um, I'm not uh, someone that would you know necessarily advocate uh, to harming the dog, uh, but uh, getting a dog out of the White House that's biting a lot of people also does make sense, and I feel bad, actually. Uh, call me a millennial if you want to. I feel bad for the dog in this situation because I, I bet you the Bidens are not exactly the best uh, dog um, people. Uh, taking care of their pet, um, maybe too busy to do it, and that might be why they're getting what they're getting from uh, two dogs in a row now. 
Uh, but again, the White House is basically saying everybody should not talk about this. Not a big deal. Um, leave us all alone. It's a stressful environment for pets in the White House. And that doesn't check out, according to the experts. Uh, two other quick things. Uh, most parents are now confessing that they spend more time on their phones than their kids. Six out of ten. Uh, young parents, uh, 20s and 30s uh, mostly, uh, are admitting that even though they're worried about the amount of time their kids spend on devices, uh, that they spend nearly five hours a day on electronic devices beyond just work stuff, uh, which means that they're definitely not teaching their kids the right thing. And that is the most interesting to me as a guy that doesn't have kids and sort of views it from afar, is every time I have a conversation with a, a friend of mine about how their kids are on their devices all the time and it's so terrible, a part of my brain does think about the amount of times I see my friends on their devices or hanging out with them. You know, uh, I have a couple uh, friends of mine who have two children, and they're the kinds of people that you take them out to a cup of coffee, and they're on their phones while you're at a cup of coffee. And it's weird because you're like, I think uh, my wife gets annoyed when I do this to her. I'm sometimes frustrated at others. I just think it's a thing that definitely exists. Uh, that's probably part of the reason your kids are spending so much time on the phones themselves or on the devices themselves. All right. I'll hang on to the other topic. We'll take a break. We'll do some news. A good story, bad story coming up next. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's Craig Collins Show. Time for good story, bad story. Uh, one story that hopefully restores your faith in humanity and another story that does the exact opposite because uh, that's what the world actually is. First, let's do the good story. A dad in Arkansas for a while has been making a joke uh, to his stepdaughter. He goes, if I ever hit the lottery, I'm giving you the ticket. Uh, well, apparently he won pretty big. Uh, he didn't win the jackpot in the world of the Powerball, uh, but he matched four numbers. Uh, so he gets a prize that upped from 50000 to 200000 because some sort of multiplier he got as well, too. Uh, he showed up at her home to surprise her and said that he had good news and bad news. The good news was that he was given her the ticket. The bad news is that she had to start paying her own cell phone bill, which I love that part a lot. But the guy said, you know, if I ever win the lottery, it's going straight to you. Uh, and uh, the stepdaughter was like, ah, please, come on. You're trying to make me uh, feel, you know, happy or, or good somehow. Uh, but stepdad decided that it was it was real, uh, $200,000, uh, not in his pocket. That's awesome. I like that story a lot. Uh, there's another good story, too, that I'm kind of surprised. I don't totally understand how this happened. But a guy in Northern Ireland broke a world record that I'll never try to break. I do want one. I don't want this one. He played the drums for 150 hours straight. Uh, that is six and a half days. I don't know how you didn't sleep. I don't know how any of that worked whatsoever. Uh, he did it all for a good cause. I think that's why it's uh, listed as a good story uh, for pancreatic cancer research and mental health clarity. Uh, a company called Mind is one of the ones or a, a nonprofit called Mind that he raised money for. But again, 150 hours straight without sleep. And then he like spoke after. I was going to play the audio, but he's he's definitely tired uh, when he's doing it, but um, also thanking everybody that was a part of it. I would immediately be going to sleep. If I, was, I feel like you, you go crazy at like three days awake, but maybe I don't understand something about it. Maybe you're allowed to sleep uh, while playing. I don't know, but it says 150 straight hours, so I feel like not. All right, those are the good stories. Uh, let's get to the other ones, the ones that are not so fun. I love this bad story. I shouldn't love it as much as I do, but I do. 
and I'm going to turn it over to uh, the news in Boston. I think it's News 7 in Boston, probably always on your side, uh, reporting on a horrible, terrible thing going on. Seagulls are attacking people at a castle island in South Boston. That's a restaurant uh, leaving people unable to eat. The seagulls are mean. The seagulls are angry. I don't know why I find this so funny. Uh, Definitely not a good story. Here we go. Seagulls on the attack at Sullivan's on Castle Island. The restaurant says the birds have gotten so aggressive, customers are unable to eat outside. Workers say the birds swoop down and steal food. And they say it seems (laughs) like the birds have gotten angrier this summer Uh in particular. The 19th Grand Herms Life Force in South Boston. They're the angry birds, and they swoop down, they take your food. All these things matter. Oh, my God. Here we go. And so are the birds, sort of. So signs like this are all over here at Sully's. Do not feed the waterfowl, but clearly the seagulls have taken matters into their own beaks. (laughs) I don't know why I I love the little jokes so much that news does when they do this. I don't know if I love the imagery of seagulls that are just so angry. Like, I feel like some people could eat food and handle seagulls. You know, I feel like it's a unique kind of person that cannot eat food outdoors because the seagulls are too too intense, too aggressive. I feel like some of us could make it through that situation, and maybe that's why I find it so amusing, because I don't think it would defeat me, uh, but I haven't tried. I haven't been in the the moment where there's a whole bunch of birds swooping down on me together, and it sort of suddenly looks like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I don't know, but if they're just stealing my food and being annoying, I feel like I can figure that out. Uh, another story that I thought uh, was interesting out there, Uh, Not necessarily a bad story, uh, but more like local news reporting stuff. Uh, This is ABC 15, I think, out of Arizona. Um, But they did a story about how they melted crayons. Uh, I guess they're uh, doing a series. I'll play some of the audio where they were seeing if stuff melts. And so they melted crayons. They turned it into a piece of art, and it sold for $500 to charity. If Hunter Biden had signed his name to it, millions of dollars. Uh, But here's a little bit of them being proud of raising money uniquely for charity, as it's very hot in parts of the country, including in Arizona. Our ABC 15 News team decided to leave some crayons in the sun, part of our Will It Melt series, producing this colorful piece of art. Well, after Mark Phillips shared that story, one of our loyal ABC 15 viewers, Stephen Ditter, donated $500 to charity for the painting, half of which went to Chicanos Por La Causa to help pay power bills for those in need. Oh, nice. It's a real nice, lovely story. I would love to hear something about how Hunter Biden was involved and then this person got an appointment somewhere. Uh, But it is kind of cool. And I do also love the idea that somewhere in the country, a news team uh, pitched uh, producers or whoever that we should do a Will It Melt series where we see what melts every single day outside, Uh, really making sure to leave no stone unturned in the world of uh, news media. Uh, Some other things out there. Uh, just quickly to get to, and then we'll take a break and wrap the whole show up. Uh, a preteen, uh, an 11-year-old who's going to turn 12 soon, is also planning her retirement. Uh, this is a viral story. Uh, the girl's name is Pixie Curtis. I guess she has some sort of fidget spinner thing that she's the company CEO of that she created via uh, social media uh, that then turned into like party bags and goodies, and it has raised her a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, she's in Australia. Uh, She puts uh, different things into the uh, gift bags now, including her own uh, beauty brand products. This is just, it's insane, uh, the world we live in uh, right now. And like, all good for her. I'm not trying to to, um, be mean to a kid uh, because they somehow figured out a way to make a bunch of money. But I also don't know if this is necessarily a good thing uh, that a kid has her own beauty brand at 11, 12, uh, because she went viral on social media. 
Uh, $20 is the cost of the entire um, you know, gift bag that she gives out. And because of that, she's also uh, retiring with her birthday at 12 and then moving on to other stuff. Uh, I don't know what that other stuff will be. Uh, but again, it's just sort of a, a weird uh, story. And like, yeah, of course, if this was my child, I would be tremendously proud of a kid who was uh, this uh, good uh, this quickly in the world of uh, business or at least uh, being virally famous. Uh, but also you wonder like what the impact of some of this is on other kids who don't have millions of dollars uh, that they raised via their own uh, thing, or, or just in general, even like the the overwhelming interest uh, in stuff like this because of social media and how it works. But Pixie Curtis retiring and turning 12 at the same time, a uh, viral story. I didn't want to make it a bad story because it's certainly not bad for her, uh, but I, I feel like she'll also unretire, maybe Michael Jordan style. She'll quit for a few years. She'll come back and do other stuff. Uh, maybe go to college, maybe go to other things in her life and eventually decide, OK, yeah, you know what? It makes sense. I, I'm going to also um, uh, go back into the workforce and do because it's a very long time to, to not be doing stuff. Although if you have millions of dollars, I'm sure you can occupy your time. All right. One other quick thing. I'll just throw one more out there uh, just because I thought it was interesting. Uh, a pizza with a bowl of ice cream uh, in the middle of it debuted in Japan. Uh, it's the ice cream fondue pizza is what they're calling it. Uh, it's selling something uh, that maybe people didn't think they want. It's not a dessert pizza. It comes in cheese, pepperoni, mushroom for some reason is mentioned here. And then it just has a, a giant scoop of Haagen-Dazs directly in the middle, and it costs 17 bucks. Um, and it is um, supposed to be, uh, for some reason, somehow a, a popular – I don't even know how the ice cream doesn't melt. By the way, if the box is, is pizza box hot, which you get a lot, I feel like that ice cream's not going to last. Uh, but they're, they're selling it, and it's a thing, and people are talking about it on the Internet, and it's probably never coming here, I imagine. They also have dipping sauces, a marinara, ranch, garlic sauce, not um, like chocolate and like hot fudge for some reason not listed here. All right, quick break. Uh, a lot more coming up in just a small bit of time left in the show. Um, uh, this is 1470, 100.3, WMBD, The Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, the Craig Collins Show. Uh, I usually end the shows with lighter topics, but I did see something uh, a couple places talking about the ongoing uh, war uh, in Ukraine uh, between Russia and Ukraine, of course, as you know. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, it's in the New York Times and several other places, is the U.S. Uh, says the main thrust of Ukraine's counteroffensive has begun. Uh, they're saying it's a big test, U.S. officials, as to whether or not Ukraine can drive Russia out of areas in the southern part of Ukraine or contested areas uh, in the uh, Donbass and other regions and even uh, Crimea, which is something that's been uh, often talked about as a, a thing um, Ukraine wants to take back from Russia. Russia annexed Crimea in 2014. Uh, I have said a lot on this show, uh, and I don't know if it's even something that's on a lot of people's minds anymore, uh, that the version of counteroffensive uh, that the United States and other countries will be um, helping Ukraine, uh, you know, with executing is something we wouldn't have done or supported Ukraine on if the war hadn't started the way it did. Russia hadn't invaded, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think it's important um, to realize the cost, the everything involved in this is significantly different if the United States and other countries 
are funding Ukraine's counteroffensive, something that at times Biden said he wouldn't do and the United States wouldn't support. And now it seems that they're shifting. And even actually, I think the president said today uh, that he is going to order the U.S. to share evidence of Russian war crimes uh, with the ICC. So th- these are important changes in the world of how the United States is is helping and other countries are helping Ukraine uh, push a counteroffensive against Russia. Uh, and this is, to me, not that I've ever wanted to see Russia win any sort of conflict or, or take areas uh, that – you know, um, were long contested per se. But to me, this is the path to the longest possible conflict uh, between Russia and Ukraine, and one in which Ukraine desperately needs our military support, financial support, and other financial support to, to do. So to me, it sounds like it's a signaling of the United States being willing to have this conflict go on for much, much longer, as opposed to trying to cause uh, some sort of agreement that ended uh, the conflict. Um, so I just think that's interesting and out there in the world. And I don't have uh, much more to say about it, at least right now, uh, because, well, it's a, a developing thing. Um, but it's not surprise. It's not at all shocking to me uh, that this administration is incapable of having conversations that I think other administrations uh, would have that would force uh, the conflict to end sooner. And I, I do think that's all in all a bad thing. Um, because the loss of life, et cetera, that happens in this um, version of war and just the escalation of it. And honestly, it, it even I don't mean to tinfoil at it and I didn't even mean to talk about it for this long. Uh, but a part of me thinks that it sort of kind of props up uh, some that say the uh, military industrial complex thing is is a thing that matters. It's a thing that drives the way that governments um, or government uh, spends money and reallocates money and uh, causing us to invest even more in this conflict. It feels like it's connected somewhat uh, to that, to the business of that, more so than the helping of Ukraine. All right. Uh, I want to play this. This is also an out there in the world. So this, I guess, is the out there segment. Now, all of a sudden, if you disagree with my take in Ukraine, uh, you, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I'm going to talk about aliens. I only did it once in the show, resisted talking about it more than that. But I thought this back and forth was fascinating. Uh, this is um, uh, Nancy Mace, who's asking questions to the UFO um, a whistleblower. Uh, and one of the questions and back and forth is just so good. It was all over social media and viral uh, about whether or not the United States has recovered non-human uh, biological like bodies uh, in some of these UFO crashes. And the whistleblower says, yes, if you don't believe him, and, and I know people can lie, so he might not be telling the truth, uh, then obviously this is a nothing burger to you. If you do believe him, there's a lot of reactions to the idea that alien bodies have been recovered by the United States. Here we go. Do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> Not if you can't talk about it. If nope. you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. We got some bodies. Um, okay. 
were they, I guess, human or non-human <laughs> biologics? By the way, in that question right there, I almost feel like you can hear the uh, politician being like, um, where is this going to go? I don't know the answer that's about to be provided to me. I'll play it again. Were they, I guess, human or were non-human they, are biologics? They, are they cool? Are they aliens? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people okay. uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. All right, look. Now, here's the thing. Um, I think the cynicism that exists in our society is so significant that this is a nothing story partly because of that. There's a whole lot of people that definitely assume aliens aren't real, uh, that they're never going to be discovered. They're never found anywhere. There's no uh, UFOs with aliens that were pulled from the UFOs and kept by the U.S. government. All that sounds like insane conspiracy theory, tinfoil hatty stuff. And as I say it, I feel like you're right. I feel like that's got to be the truth. But on the off chance, it's not. On the off chance, this guy is telling the truth. This is the biggest story, the most gigantic story in the history of the world. And so far, it's not getting a lot of publicity, which is crazy. Because no matter how much I think things like the Hunter Biden uh, topic got neglected, the laptop or anybody else that screams from the rooftop about that stuff, if we look back on this time, uh, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line, and we all know aliens are real, and we all waited a long time to admit it, I'm going to be more disappointed about that than anything else. So I'm covering my bases on this show by talking about this topic, by playing these pieces of audio, so at least if the aliens are real, I, I erred on the side of caution, and I told you everything I knew about it when I knew stuff so that I can't have egg on my face when we have a press conference with a politician and an alien at some point in the future. I don't know when it's going to happen. I've said before that Trump would be a way better president for that than Biden would be. And you don't even have to um, love his politics to think that the off the cuff version of a um, President Trump plus an alien uh, going back and forth with reporters is something I need to see in my lifetime. It'd be one of the most amazing things. I can't get over it. Sleepy Joe would not do as well in that environment, I don't think. Uh, I can't think of any uh, really great, maybe Bernie Sanders. If I had to pick a, a far left uh, politician to dive all over that, uh, Bernie Sanders' alien press conference might be pretty much, much watch uh, too, although I'm sure uh, Bernie would start offering the aliens something for free somehow. Uh, they'd probably all get free housing paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. Um, but no, I just I love the idea of that story. I love the potential possibility of it. I cannot get over it. I won't get over it. And I hope that it winds up being true because I'll get to be one of the only guys that says I've been talking about the News Nation too. me and News Nation win uh, that world of aliens might be real. Uh, other stuff out there uh, just before we get out of here. Uh, to end the show, not alien-related stuff. Uh, real estate opportunity exists in Washington, D.C. It's a weird one. Uh, you can buy a wall that costs $50,000. Uh, the wall is close to the Georgetown neighborhood in D.C. Uh, the only problem is it's got a very angry neighbor that is living squished up against the wall. His house is flush with it. So the wall is for sale. Uh, not the house, not the neighbor. Uh, but a, a woman, uh, actually not a guy, a woman who lives there has been causing a lot of things uh, since, I guess, 2019. Uh, that is the big reason probably why the wall has not sold. Um, I don't know who's looking to buy it, uh, but it's a headache and also an opportunity, uh, they're saying. I think there might even be um, a couple other things out there about this. I'm just going to skip those things. Some audio of people yelling. Uh, the opportunities are limitless, though, the listing says. Uh, because it's a nice 10-minute uh, walk to the uh, riverfront. Uh, there's a lot of fancy things you can do if you get the person uh, who's living on the other side of the wall to, to move somewhere else. Unlikely to be a thing that happens. All right. Uh, one other thing that I want to play 
I played it early on in the show. I just like it a lot, so I'll play it again to end the show. It's a woman finding out she's turning 100. Uh, she's at a retirement home. Uh, it's one of the people who works there telling her. And I just loved a couple of her reactions to it. So I'll play this to end the show. Here we go. You're going to be 100 years old. One what? 100 years old. <laughs> what year is this? This is... 2023. 2023. I was born 20 in 2023. 23. It's a 23, and I was born in 23. Mm-hmm. Be 100 handy. years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it? Son of a gun. <laughs> What's your secret? I don't know, but I feel healthy. Good. Good. You know, like there's nothing that's aching and <laughs> hanging. And We're going to have a big party for you. They're going to have a big party for her. There's nothing that's hanging. There's nothing that's dangling. She feels very good about the amount of, of lack of that that goes there. And just the beginning part of the audio, I love so, so much. One what? 100 <laughs> years old. That is how many people should react.